This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, what's up with pirates? Plus, Biz kisses camp goodbye, Teresa masters the morning, and we talk to Angela Garbas about her new book, Like a Mother, A Feminist Journey Through the Science of Pregnancy. Arr! Ahoy there, Teresa! There be pirates in the booth today! The R is where I <laughs> culminate my That's it. pirate festivities. There That's enough. as far as I go. <laughs> <laughs> and even that was a stretch. I know. Once again, apologies to our guests whose titles get announced, and then we come in and yell something like, "Art." Yeah. All right. Yeah. Teresa, mm-hmm. how are you? I'm good. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> had a crazy morning, but I'm getting really good at mornings. Oh, good. Yeah. So, like, Jesse had a migraine this morning. Which happens a lot, but this was a particularly bad one, and he was, like, trying to take not take his medication because he's trying not to have rebound headaches, blah, 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 blah. So he was uh, he was totally out for the count. And, by the way, if we didn't have kids, like, back when we didn't have kids, yeah. I would have, like, dropped everything to take care of oh, him. Oh, yeah. Like, it was that bad. <laughs> yeah. I would have, like, been taking care of yeah. him, like, helping him. This morning, it was just like, oh, great. Okay, that means I just have to take care of all these other people by myself and get them where they need to go. But I did it. And one way that I did that was I've started doing this thing in the morning where instead of just reminding my kids like 12,000 times what the next step is and they're getting ready for the morning routine. Yep. I made Grace and Oscar each their own little list yeah. of to-dos for the morning and it's numbered and when they get to the end they get a sticker for their achievement chart and they get their gummy vitamins. Yum. And I went so far as to, I think we got this from somebody yeah. on the show back in the day but I put tape on the yeah. floor with their names on it by the front door showing like this once you stand here I know you're done with all the steps yeah and who knows how long this will last but it is definitely (laughs) helping especially with Oscar like he seems particularly into it and that's a big change because for a long time I was like really having to like basically dress him and like yeah just do so much of the work to like get him away from his toys to like doing the stuff and now he's kind of psyched about doing all this stuff and like that sense of independence and he's really into it so like this morning he and Curtis were both up at like 5 30 which great but (laughs) but because they were up so early like he was like totally ready to go and was kind of done playing was like asking to do like big art projects and stuff by like 7 30 or 7 15 and I had this moment and Grace hadn't even gotten out of bed she wasn't even (laughs) awake and I had this moment where I was like I could just take you to school yeah. because like his preschool opens at 7 a.m. Yeah. You don't usually take him that early, but like I totally could. Yeah. And I was like, that's one less person for me <laughs> to like have talking at me in yeah. the morning. And he seems ready. So I said, do you want to go to school right now? And he was like, yes. And I was like, great. Wow. So I piled him and Curtis in the car and I told Gracie what was happening and didn't bother telling Jesse because (laughs) he's out. He was asleep. Yep. And we took Oscar to school. And I felt I felt like I'd unlocked something a little bit. Like it was like, you know, this is really hard. I still had to come back home and get help Gracie get ready and then get her off where she was going to go and all that. But like. I really felt like, oh, I saw a door open, you know, and I took it and it was Uh, helpful. Good. And that was only true because of all the like other morning setup stuff that I had in place. Nice. So, yeah, I'm feeling good about mornings. Way to walk through that door. Thank you. And head towards that light. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Put one foot in the grave. Great. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Goodbye, camp. All right. So, I okay, this is just... A classic example of what we have talked about in the past, which is nothing is ever able to be consistent or planned. Okay. Yes. (laughs) I'm with you that far. Remember 
I got Katie Bell into a summer camp mm-hmm. sort of last minute when I realized we needed stuff to do for the summer. Mm-hmm. Got her in it. And she just hasn't been able to go for like, like she went like for <laughs> a week. It's a three-week camp. She went for a week. Mm-hmm. The next week, she was sick for like two days with like a, just a summer cold. Yeah. And then like went back for three days. And then this is her last week of camp. And on Monday, she was sick. We took her to the doctor. She has like a double ear infection. Oh, my God. And so she's been home with like a fever. And so like there's basically two days left of camp. And it's a little like she can't go swimming. I'm not sure. She's Do I run to like hurt? You know, I mean, even though her fever just started to go. You know, she's not going back to camp. Yeah. She's not going back to camp. I didn't have a week of having time to myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this will be the week where I yeah. will put in this oh, yeah. thing because yeah. I, for the first time, don't have yeah. a show or a mm-hmm. thing or a this. Yeah. Uh, all that mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. And, and so it just was like, oh, mm. that was something. I'm sorry. Look at That's how that happened. really frustrating. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is frustrating. Yeah. Sometimes it just makes you want to, you know, jump on a ship. Yeah. Or walk the plank. Or walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> walk. More so walk the plank. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Pirates. Uh Uh-huh. Or as I like to call them, the glitter of the sea. Uh Because once they appear in your life, they are everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's talk about pirates today. Mm -hmm. And I like why talk about pirates? Why do we want to even talk about them? Well, <laughs> the reason I brought pirates up to you was that I was talking to Oscar in the car the other day, and he was asking me some hard questions <laughs> about pirates. And I was like, as I was answering them, and I was answering them honestly to the best of my ability without like really trying to freak him out. Like, I tried to be like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, walking the plank, like, was what they did when, like, like somebody would die if yeah. they walked the plank. Like, you would walk the plank, and that means you die. Like, yeah. you drown in the ocean. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie to him about that, and he's, like, pointedly asking me. Yeah, but what, would, then, they, yeah, what would the lie and even like, well, be why? about walking well, the right. plank? But so they've been playing right. walking the plank at school and yeah. stuff, and so, like, because they're doing, like, water play a lot, oh, you know? Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. would probably have, they have, like, little pools set up in the yeah. yard, and... So, like, I just explained, well, yeah, like, we like to joke about that and have fun with it, but, like, that's what that actually, you know, means. Yeah. And then he's like, well, why would they do that to each other? Like, aren't they <laughs> friends? Or And then he's like, oh, but they're bad guys. And so we kind of got into, like, yeah. well, what do they actually do? Yeah. And as I was explaining this and, like, talking to him about it, and he's fine. He was, like, fine. But I was thinking, like, is Pirates, like, the one last thing like or one of the last main things of childhood that like we still really celebrate and encourage yeah. like in terms of imaginary play with young kids yeah that really comes from a very dark place i mean like is yeah. there any argument that like no pirates I mean, like, are great yeah well, and then he's and then he's like are the pirates real and i was like well yeah like yeah. pirates are totally real like there's still pirates they might not look exactly the way you're imagining them yeah but like yeah it's a really hard life yeah (laughs) and that's that's real despite what movies tell us (laughs) yeah well but like okay so yes i think pirate yeah once as soon as you asked the question i was like ah fuck i don't know yeah like because pirates pirates fall into this like area of like archetypes that aren't like, really based in reality, sort right. of, like, ghosts or, like, vampires, right? right? Like, yeah. we still talk about them and, like, play those things right. and imagine them. Yeah. But they are absolute, like, what we're doing with them and yeah. imagining them 
in our play yeah. is absolutely nothing like like a ghost is not oh. walking around in a sheet. Right. Right. A vampire is probably not you super fancy. Are real. Well, right. But I mean, like, yes, I understand that pirates so, are still real, right. but okay. they are, but the archetype that we're using right. is, is not, not right. real. Right. right. It's not. And the thing about pirates. The problem with the problem with pirates. Yeah, this is new children's book. Yeah, the problem yeah. with pirates is just one of the problems. Yeah. is what you were just talking about. The thing is, is that there's all this fun imaginative play. Yeah, but there's also this side of pirates that you absolutely do not want to have to talk to your kids about, like murder. Yeah, rape. Yeah, their punishments. Hanging them, yeah. they were hung. They but were their job right, is stealing full of disease. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like there hygiene was problems hygiene problems. Yeah. yeah, just nastiness. All, they are all kinds of nastiness. Nasty. Yeah, and like mental health problems. Sure. Like being out there and like the lots sea. of drinking and like <laughs> yeah, the just... rum. Yes, the rampant alcoholism. Yeah, <laughs> Stefan was telling me. Stephen used to work for this marketing company in New York, and one of their clients was Captain Morgan. Uh-huh. And, like, there was this guy's job was to be Captain Morgan uh-huh. and, quote, unquote, he got, like, paid a shit ton of money to be the pirate who brought the party. Uh-huh. <laughs> he would come right. in, like, dressed as a pirate, yeah. bring in the party. Oh, my God. But, like, all right, let's actually talk about where we see pirates in our lives. Okay. Right? Because, like, I've there's, like, Peter Pan— there's Jake and the Neverland Pirates. There's Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. There's the very famous Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland, which they are in the process of remaking mm-hmm. to make the pirates less rapey and less woman selling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like yeah. the big thing yeah. in it. There's, There's pirates in a lot of kids' shows is yes. where it comes up, I think, for, more us, for right. us, right? Like, Paw Patrol has, like, oh, multiple pirate, pirates, like, episodes do. and books, yeah. even... And there's a lot of kids' books. Like, there's, like, a pirate babysitter's Don't Leave the Baby with the Pirates or whatever. Oh, God. I know. Amazing. <laughs> and there's Pirates Don't Change Diapers or something, oh. which is very funny. It's very funny. Okay. There's a... Yeah, there's a lot of pirate stuff be, because... Again, I think it's because it's this archetype that yeah. we don't, we haven't necessarily yet said, eh, that's probably not the best thing right. to sell the kids. Like, yeah. it's, it's, again, the one that we're selling, yeah. the one that's on the TVs and stuff, is just this super fun. Yeah, super fun version yeah. of this other thing. You're right. It is. It's like a whole separate yeah, thing. Yeah, not at all based yeah. in reality. But what's interesting is that so many of those characteristics yeah. and like themes and traditions are so appealing to young kids that like without yeah. any sort of like basis in reality... Sure. It, it's still so enjoyable. There's like, adventuring. Yeah. There's, I mean, there. look, there, I think there actually is real positive play experiences uh-huh. in good guys, bad guys. Right? Like, I mean, I do, because you're learning, like, these boundaries of what, what makes a good guy, what makes a bad guy on some level. Oh, like, I have a really hard time with that. Do you? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Because, okay. like, there's, I, I don't know, I feel like. If kids have the opportunity to understand that this person's playing the bad guy and this, and then they swap roles, they kind of have an opportunity to learn a little bit about that in in the world without it being like horrible, uh-huh. like a horrible way to experience it. Uh-huh. Play experience. It. I mean, like Paw Patrol's got bad guys, right? right? Like somebody's a bad guy, and we're figuring out what that means a little bit without hopefully them experiencing a real bad situation, right? Right. So that's, to me, I feel like that's been part of play. A lot of those scenarios in which that happens, we don't play anymore, Mm -hmm. I think. But go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not a big thing. I just, I really don't like good guys versus bad guys. Like, I, that's not how I see the world. And I think, like, a lot of problems in our world stem from, us teaching our kids yeah. that there are bad people in the world oh, versus yeah. good people in the world. Okay. Um, and it's a totally separate yeah. subject from no, what we're talking about is. right now. But it like, is. I think I, I hear what you're saying about like, I, I've 
definitely seen, like, especially Oscar with his friends, sometimes they want to be bad. Yeah. And they're, like, having kind of having fun being bad. Right. And that is really interesting. Like, if you don't get into, like, like if you try to separate hurtful yes. or bad, like, acts from that makes you a bad guy or a bad person, I can tolerate a little <laughs> bit more of it. But, like, because right. obviously everybody makes mistakes and, like, there are there are things that you can do that are that are hurtful and then you can make amends for those things. So right. not that I don't think there's any value in that kind of play. Like, I definitely do think there is. And it's interesting because... As you're saying that, like, I'm thinking, so that is, do you think that is what's appealing about pirates? Like, yeah. it's a way for them to kind of be bad, to but try out being bad, but in, like, a sanctioned but way. But a fake, what, like, yeah, actually, yes. As, yeah. We, as we start talking about this, I do think so. Because, again, the style of pirating that most kids are playing is this total fake version of pirates and the big things that they're doing. They're stealing treasure. They're taking over mm-hmm. the ship. They're you know, capturing somebody and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing, walking uh-huh. the plank. It is like a cartoon version of real crimes, uh-huh. of real bad things. So I think if a pirate with a parrot on their shoulder and, like, a big fancy hat, uh-huh. you know, is not a real pirate, our kids are never going to come upon a treasure chest and steal it, right? right? There's no buried in treasure. They're not like, right? Like, even though we understand as adults the multiple layers of the history of what pirates were and the current day situation in which pirates are, that's not what our kids are playing. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. I think there's a lot of confusion, though. Like, I think this might (laughs) not... I mean, it maybe probably doesn't matter all that much. But, like, like, I think there is confusion. Because, like, for example, when I was explaining to Oscar about, like, how pirates make their living by, like, stealing and, like, pillaging other ships and stuff, he was like, no, they hunt for treasure. Right. Like, they have a treasure map and they hunt for treasure. Yes. And, like, so I'm also thinking, like, well, we're getting, like, a lot of mixed messages here. (laughs) Like, there's definitely some group of adults who who influence my child who are like, we need to make pirates okay. Yeah. Like, we need to make pirates, like... Disney wants to make them okay. Right, because if (laughs) kids want to be like them, like, we need to, like, make sure that everything that pirates do is, like, an okay thing to do. (laughs) Yes! And so, like, we're just hunting for treasure. That doesn't hurt anyone. Like, (laughs) that treasure's just out there for the taken. Well, right. It's been abandoned. But I will say, the uh, pirates, now that you say that... Right? You're like, oh, we need to, you know, there's some group that's saying, let's make this safe and fun. Yeah. Right? And as an adult, again, pirates feels like one of those categories where it's a little like, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Uh Like, as opposed to... Like, is that hurting someone? Right. Right. As opposed to a number of other things that people could play or that we used to play in which I absolutely have to say, no, yeah, that's, you know, not... Yeah. True, right? right? Or that action actually is very bad and has harmed people their whole lives, right? So pirates, again, because it falls into that category of like... It's like we can make it's it. like racially vague. Yeah. Yes. It's like you know, it's like it's criminally vague. Yeah. It's, it's very vague. Yeah. Except for sexy pirates. Oh. There's nothing vague about like every pirate costume, even for three-year-old girls, uh-huh. is like up to the thigh yeah. and a bustier. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, let me tell you, there were lady pirates. Uh-huh. And lady pirates. We're not pirating no. with their thighs hanging out no, they were not. and bustiers. No. That's not a pirate. Lady pirate is not bar wench, no. right? Yeah. Lady pirate is not yeah. bar prostitute or whatever right. of the day. Right. They were pirates. They probably didn't smell very good either. And they probably weren't that attractive either, <laughs> given what the male pirates were like. Right. That's equal, yes. equal disgusting. Yes. For equal genders here, yeah. right? So it is sexy pirates, I think, is the one place in which when that comes up, if we see a pirate costume in the store mm-hmm. or somewhere, I actually do sometimes make a comment that is pirate ladies didn't wear that. 
So <laughs> what? It's just like Alice in Wonderland. Also, her dress didn't come up yeah. to her. I think pants. It, yeah, it yeah. probably applies to almost every, every female costume. oriented costume. That is not that an authentic not... Darth Vader costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Darth Vader's bosoms did not just come out cutouts. He didn't have cutouts for his bosoms to come out. So. Yeah, I don't know, because there's talk like a pirate day. I mean, there's like yeah. all this. I will also say one of the things that makes, and maybe we'll end on this, mm-hmm. pirates like glitter to me mm-hmm. is the pirate birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like pirate birthday parties have a higher number of garbage-related mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. items. Sure. I have a bag of gold coins just mm. sitting around the house that Els mm-hmm. was like, I want to pass these out at a party. Uh-huh. I'm like, what the f- fuck? Like, yeah. Here's six coins for you. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with these yeah. fucking coins, right? Like, it's yeah. just garbage I gave people. Yeah. And garbage that's still sitting in my house, ha- right? Like yeah. beads and like dip money and like, and, and, <laughs> and it's one of the few ones where we still play with weapons pretty right. I was just going to say, this is exactly what this made me think of. Yeah. Because like, we have, like, a very cheap kid's, like, pirate costume that came with, like, a foam sword. Yeah. But then one of Oscar's best buddies has, like, a beautiful pirate costume. Uh-huh. Like, a very nice pirate yeah. costume. And it came with, according to Oscar, two swords. And, like, I've seen them. Yeah. And, like, one of them is, like, a little stabby knife. <laughs> And the other one is, like, a bigger, like, sword sword. And this came up, actually, in my conversation with Oscar because he was like, what? He was like, oh, so-and-so's costume has these and this. Like, I really want that. Can I have that? Blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, so transparent that, like, he just wants the weapons. Right. But he's he's like, well, what is the weapon for? What did they need? What did pirates need them for? Murder. How do you answer that, right? So then it, that's the question. So but see, this is how uh-huh. it comes into like, do I answer this in a way that's like honest and like makes it clear that like basically pirates are bad guys? Or if Oscar's like so interested in this, do I just make it sound nice? Like, well, they really needed it to defend themselves or something. <laughs> like, if somebody was to trying get to take their thick, money or they're through taking- a jungle. They need oh, to use it to cut through a jungle but or I mean, fight off, but it's all lies. It's all lies. I know. So, but also, do you let swords in your house? Because I know you are a yeah. I mean, not gun. there's a foam one. It's well, right, foam. But yeah. yeah. But again, it just falls yes. into the camp of yeah, sword weapons. Well, because that's I know how... because I know I okay. totally can okay. also understand, but. At the same time, but yeah, at the same it time, falls, it's a weapon. It's yeah. still a weapon, yeah. and, and it, again, the mystique of pirates <sighs> just is a big forgiveness zone. It is of a safety zone uh, for uh, for taboo. <laughs> Thank God, let us go adrift in the sea on the Biz and Teresa Max Fun ship taboo. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Audible. Audiobooks are a great sidekick for summer activities like hiking, road tripping, enjoying downtime outdoors, pushing a stroller, breastfeeding in the middle of the night. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which lets you fill your summer and time with more stories like, oh, I don't know, maybe my sister's book, American Housewife by Helen Ellis. Audible members get a credit every month, good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of price, and unused credits roll over to the next month. Didn't like your audiobook? You can exchange it, no questions asked. Start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash badmother, or text badmother to 500-500 to get started. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius meme. 
Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. So I mentioned recently that we've been in a little bit of a rough patch with Gracie, my six and a half year old, kind of like getting back into the mode of regular routines. And one thing I did the other day that worked really well in the morning when like I knew she was not in a good mood, but I still like needed. I can't remember. I had a question I needed to ask her. I thought of the idea of that I could write her a little note with check boxes as answers so that she could just read the note and check her answer. And I ha- I just had a feeling she's going to like this. She's yeah. going to think it's cool even though she's in a funk right now. And she did. And it totally worked. Nice. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. I really like that. Just mix it up a little. Nice. So I... I took Katie Bell to the doctor. You know, I mean, Mm. normally we just don't with the fever sometimes. We let it ride out. And she wasn't complaining about her ears. But, like, I don't know. It just, she had had some other things happening. So we went in to try to get answers for everything. And, again, I have the kid who does not complain about earaches and has a double ear infection. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad we found it out. You know, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad we did it. She's taking the medicine, by the way, because, you know, she has a problem with medicine. It's a different medicine. But, yeah, so it's just, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. So I did it. I feel good good that we did it. Yes. Hi, this is a genius moment. I found a babysitter that I really liked while I was still pregnant. I have four-year-old twins, and I was pregnant with our third And I was having a lot of anxiety about not finding a sitter that I felt comfortable with, with two four-year-olds and a little baby. And I was having a lot of anxiety that my husband and I would be able to get out and not have any time together. So I found somebody while I was still pregnant. And we love her, and she's great. And she comes and helps me out one morning a week. And my husband and I get to have date time. And, yeah, I just am really proud of myself that I did it. And I'm so grateful to her. Thanks for all you do. Bye. Oh, I love, I love this. this. Yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that, like, again, you go to work or you're talking to a friend and you're like, I'm a babysitter. It's like, yeah. you know, people are like, all right. Yeah. But we understand. Yeah, it's really hard. That's really yeah. hard. And that's, like, so, that's so good to have found the person early. Yeah. I just so great. You're doing a really good job. You really are. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So my kids had a dentist appointment, teeth cleaning, and we had a little bit of time between like pickups from school and camp and going to the dentist. And the dentist was right by Trader Joe's and we needed some stuff from (laughs) Trader Joe's. And I was like, I'm going to take my kids to Trader Joe's, but like I just knew that they were going to be upset because like they don't want to go to the dentist it's the end of a school day like they're not it's just like not a good zone but I was like we need to do this so I was like I know I'll let them like pick out something they want as like a treat at Trader Joe's because that's like a good way to get them to go to the store when they don't want to and they're like can we get jelly beans and I'm like sure of course (laughs) and then as we're yeah as we're leaving I'm thinking to myself I'm literally feeding jelly beans to my children Five minutes uh-huh. before we go. And I don't even have, like, their toothbrushes or anything. Yeah. So they're going to be going into the dentist. <laughs> Getting your money's worth. with <laughs> jelly beans in their teeth. Wow. So that's what I did. You, that's yep. remarkable. I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> so Stefan's birthday was recently passing, was happening. <laughs> Words come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, he'd really like for his birthday to, at some point in time in the future, do a karaoke night with this certain set of friends, mm-hmm. you know, small, intimate, but just really fun, get a room, do the karaoke. And I was like, okay, I'll arrange this for mm-hmm. you. And I arrange it, and I coordinate everybody's schedules, and it's so good. <laughs> then I realize it's Katie Bell's birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally planned a party oh for Stefan on, on Katie Bell's birthday. birthday. So I had Amazing. to cancel his and, like, move his oh, to, like, the end of August or whatever. Amazing. But I was like, 
my God. So good. And just to add add to the guilt of being a horrible mother, I keep forgetting her birthday's like in two weeks. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I don't know I what know. we're getting her. I know. I haven't finalized her party. Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yay. 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 Hi, this is Jill, and I'm calling with a fail. I was supposed to get Vampire Weekend tickets at 10 a.m. for my daughter. The band is playing near our town. And other than that, they're playing in the U.K. and Japan and Australia and Chicago. I got busy with work, and I forgot, even though we talked about it, and my younger daughter was going to do it, and I just felt like I let her down. It's not a big thing. It's a special thing. Um, but normally, I feel like I'm killing it as a mom, and I just messed up. It was one thing she wanted, and I didn't do it. And I could have done it. I had time to do it. I could have reminded myself to do it, and I totally didn't do it. So I feel like I failed her, and just one town over would be so easy to do and so easy to get there. And I can't find anything on the Internet to buy tickets at a higher price or any connections in that town. All the people I know who live there don't know the band, don't know how to get tickets. So I just felt like I was really doing a bad job. So... I appreciate your podcast. You guys are awesome. You guys are doing a great, great job. Oh, sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. I feel that fail all over. Yeah. I am really sorry that you are doing a horrible job. (laughs) And I mean, you know, I I almost don't want to say that because in the, I mean, because in the grand scheme of things, you're doing such a good job on everything else. You know what I mean? But also... I totally get this failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I am too. Oh. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Biz and I both have premium memberships. It's the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. At Care.com, you can find care for everyone in the family, whether you need child care while you're at work or need to line up a sitter for a special date night. Care.com is there for you. You can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's Care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Teresa! Yes. Let's call someone today. Hey, today we are calling Angela Garbez, who is a Seattle-based writer specializing in food, bodies, women's health, and issues of racial equity and diversity. Garbez began writing for The Stranger in 2006 and became a staff writer in 2014. Her piece, The More I Learn About Breast Milk, The More Amazed I Am, is the publication's most read piece and the inspiration for this book. Garbas grew up in a food-obsessed immigrant Filipino household and now lives in Seattle with her husband and two children. Her new book, Like a Mother, A Feminist Journey Through the Science of Pregnancy, explores the emerging science and long-standing cultural myths of pregnancy and motherhood. Welcome, Angela. Thank you, Biz, and thank you, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We cannot wait to get into this book. But I'm like, everything in that title, I'm like, bang, bing, zing, ding. I know. It's almost (laughs) too much. Yeah, it is. Um, But before we get into that, I'll ask what we always ask our guests, which is who lives in your house? Okay, so in my house, there is me and my husband, Will, and our two daughters. Our oldest daughter is Noli Jo, and she is... Three, she's bleeding hard on four. She'll be four in October. And Lagaya, who is four months old. 
Oh, whoa! Trace and I both. I feel so like yeah. no one's ever in the booth with us. And when people start like telling us a how many kids and the ages, our faces are always like whoa. And it, <laughs> I'm like your kids you're are like, so young. They're so little. Yeah. I mean ours are. I mean young ours, too, ours are young. Like, ours are young too. But like, well, yeah. but like whenever somebody <laughs> is like doing amazing things, yeah. we're always appalled. That's that right. They have young children. I know. We're like whoa. <laughs> and the, the the deep wave of empathy also yeah. comes over yeah. like yeah, so I felt that I felt that for sure yeah are you in a closet calling us right now because that's happened before <laughs> well I'm actually and I was worried about it this is the it's I'm in a an office that does not belong to me yeah but a good friend of mine uh Lindy West who oh yay! Heard, she, yeah. she rented this office space in this really cool um building here in Seattle, it used to be an immigration of the INF building. And actually this used to be the corner that's the solitary confinement oh. ward, <laughs> but what? it's since been repurposed as more affordable artist studios and spaces. Whoa. So he, yeah. It's very cool. And I'm super lucky to have a space to go to because mostly I work out of our office and using air quotes, which is yeah. our guest room. Right. 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 <laughs> um, and usually I've been doing I've been doing a lot of interviews for this book with the sound of my baby crying yeah. in another oh, room. Yeah. 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 We should you should just take a nap as yeah. soon as we're done on the phone. You can take a nap while we're on the phone. That's inc- I definitely lay on the floor here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, 4 months. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's really if I had timed it at all yeah, uh, I definitely would not have planned to have a newborn at the same time that my book came out. Sure, yeah. sure. That's just sort of how <laughs> life went. You know, yeah. I had someone early on in the you know promotional life of this book say, "Well, you know, having a baby is it's really on brand for you." What did you say? <laughs> wow. And I had to stop myself from being like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Um, also. <laughs> I turned 40 this year and I had a miscarriage. And if you want to talk about that, we can Mm -hmm. talk about that. And that's how I ended up having, I had a baby when I had a baby. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. these things are not planned. And I certainly did not plan it with my sanity in mind. So, and you also (laughs) don't always have the most control in the world over your book and like your timing of your book and when your book's going to come out. Like that is also hard. Well, yeah, it's such a gross thing to be like, oh, how convenient you've had this baby to promote. You can hold the baby while you're being interviewed. Because that's what we love doing. It's really, not only do we become mothers very naturally uh, in in an emotional sense, it just, we absolutely want to like, carry yes. them around like and be an accessory like right. an accessory <laughs> yeah. while we're trying to balance I, our career yeah i have actually also had i've shown up for interviews and when i was in new york i went to two interviews where people were like oh i thought you were gonna have a baby with you yeah and i was like oh well uh sorry just yeah. me i know you should feel horrible yeah. for like, not having is, your so, baby with what is that about because it's a little bit happened. like it's a little bit like um oh you want me to like work 10 times harder yeah. to be and yeah. like be kind of distracted because like <laughs> you th- do you know what I mean like yeah. it's just really weird yeah. and I mean there's part of me that thinks like yeah I should be able to you should be able you know you see those you know videos of the like Australian you know Congress person yeah. representative like breastfeeding and I just think like wow that that's that takes a lot yeah. of focus yeah. Yeah. and I mean yeah. I believe we should be able to bring our kids right yeah. part sure. of our we shouldn't have to hide them away yeah and care is real and all of that but so I, sometimes I get sort of torn I'm like that no. I would like to be able to bring my kid but the truth is it's really difficult to do an interview when your kid's reaching for things or when you're breastfeeding and exactly what you were saying when it's hard to do 14 things at once yeah, yeah. I just agree that we should all be able to yeah. like, and it should be totally like nobody bats an eye at it on the one hand. And mm-hmm. also yeah. nobody should question that. Like sometimes it helps you like stay, stay more focused. If you have somebody else who can help you with your kid I'm just while you're gonna, working. Like, I'm going to throw yeah. out this crazy yeah. notion yeah. here yeah. that <laughs> the choice yeah. to leave your, that there should also be the yeah. room of understanding and forgiveness yeah. that we can just yeah. take care of our children. However we would like to. Yes. Yes. Anyway, shocking. Uh, shocking. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, to be fair, I bet a yeah. lot of people are not, they're not trying to make me feel bad. No. no. It's already just, it's a fraught state. <laughs> yeah. Well, not 90%. We talk about on the show all the time that like almost everything people say to us 
uh, either while we're pregnant or when you're not pregnant at all, whatever it is, most of it probably comes from a place of just whatever. When are you going to have kids or whatever? Oh, are you super uncomfortable? You look huge. Whatever it is. It's not, they're not like, I want to go out and make a pregnant or a mom or just a woman in general feel like shit today, right? Like, yeah. usually doesn't, but it's like whatever we've got going on. I mean, there are those on, people too, but. Well, yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yes, those people <laughs> definitely exist. But they're usually more identifiable, uh, easily yeah. to identify. All right, let's get into the book. Okay. I want to, I want to start with. And we've kind of all been through this, and I really so I really like that that it led you to doing a book. But you say, like in the intro, that when you started the book, you were beat, tired, long list of questions, and surprise, the questions that you were looking for weren't really answered in a lot of the pregnancy books you read, uh, which we yeah. discover all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but I think the questions are really varied. So I, for, so for you, what were your questions that you felt weren't getting answered? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I was a food writer for years. Uh, so the fact that I have written a book about the science and culture of pregnancy is in many ways, the biggest surprise of my life. Right. I mean, I think, you know, we all, you start down a path, you don't have to be open to where you end up. So I'm happy to be where I am. But what, what had happened for me was the questions were really about I was working full-time as a food writer, and I was breastfeeding, which meant that I was pumping, and I basically had two full-time jobs, and I was thinking about food all the time, but then I was also producing food all the time, <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. you know, women face tremendous pressure to breastfeed, and I was fortunate because breastfeeding went pretty smoothly for me, but, you know, 10 months into it, I was searching for more motivation, Yeah, you know, because it was exhausting, and it was even when it goes smoothly, it's still hard. And I felt unprepared for how hard it would be and how drained physically I would feel often. And so it really started with that where I felt like for all of, you're told over and over, it's really hammer come that breast milk is best and breast milk immunologically is it's best for the baby. And I kind of just blindly accepted that at the beginning. And then as time went on, I was like, well, how how exactly is it better for a baby? You know, like I'm seeing babies, my friends have babies that are formula fed. They seem fine, right? I know that they're loved and they're cared for and they're thriving. So I, I just asked, like, well, how does that work? And people didn't have the answer. There was nothing explaining how that worked. You know, I asked a nurse and like it was sort of a blank stare that was like, well, it just, just is. is. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well... You know, and at the time, I was I was on staff at this newspaper, and they were like, it's about time that you wrote a feature. What kind of stuff are you thinking about? And I was like, well, I can't stop thinking about breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't so interested in, you know, is it better than formula? I was interested in why. Like, why do we say it's good, and how does it work? What is it as a substance? And I believe, you know, my perspective as a food writer is that food is a reflection of who we are as a culture and our individual stories, and I thought maybe breast milk is that too, you know? So I, the cool thing about being a journalist is you can call up an expert and they feel somewhat <laughs> obligated to answer your questions. Whereas if you're just a person asking a question at the doctor's office, they don't really feel like they, oh, you have full yeah. So I found a very cool woman who's an evolutionary biologist who studies mammalian milk. And she was incredible. I think also I looked into her name is Katie Hind and she runs a very cool and deeply nerdy blog called Mammal Suck Milk. <laughs> and she just was really enthusiastic and talked about it from an evolutionary perspective and knew a lot about breast milk, like a lot of the research that's being done on it now. And what she told me was that what scientists are beginning to understand and all of what we know about physiology indicates that really what happens is when an infant suckles at its mom's breast, a vacuum is created and the milk gets sucked into the nipple, and the, the mammary gland has receptors that can read it. And if they detect things like an infection, it can trigger the mother's body to produce antibodies so to fight crazy. that. Yeah. And so that, I thought, was like, well, why doesn't everybody know that? <laughs> and I was hoping, you know, a few other people might be interested in this. I thought maybe breastfeeding moms. And 
I wrote about it, you know, incorporating some public health stuff and some food stuff, thinking maybe the audience could extend slightly larger than people interested in this. But what happened was within two days, it had like 200,000 shares and it went viral. Yeah. And I never predicted that that would happen. And so the opportunity to write the book came from that. And when my agent first contacted me, she said, you know, do you want to turn this into a book? And I said, you know, I'd love to talk about that. But to be totally honest, there's no way I could write an entire book about breast milk. Like, it's really cool. But, you know, your baby will probably be fine without breast milk. And I don't don't care enough to write a whole book about it. (laughs) I just wanted this one question answered and now I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But what what came out of that conversation was my agent said, well, do you have any other questions? (laughs) Or do you have any other ideas that are related to this topic? that you could turn into a book. And that's when I was like, well, yeah, I have like ding, 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 ding. I have a list of questions so long that never got addressed while I was pregnant. And, you know, in the immediate, immediate postpartum newborn phase, because you're too busy just trying to stay alive. Yeah. You know, but I had, you know, I had two miscarriages before I had my oldest daughter. I was really, really interested in what the placenta was. Like, what is this organ? This entirely new organ I'm growing along with another person <laughs> inside my body. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. You know, and then I felt really like why hundreds of thousands of people give birth every day? Why did I have no idea what it was going to be like or what would happen until it happened to me? Right. And I just felt like if there's some of this new science out there, I just thought maybe there's more to learn and maybe people want to know and maybe I can be someone that can help put that information out into the world. Well, I think that's a very long answer to not quite the question you asked. No, no, but actually, no, no, no. That got that got us lots of places, which I which I enjoyed listening to. So I want to ask, mm-hmm. with given the surprise and of what you learned with breast with the breast milk, with all the mm-hmm. other stuff that you did cover in the book as well that you pursued, was there any like one thing in particular, or what was like one of the biggest surprises? like science-wise, that you were like, this, no, this is the coolest thing. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, there, a lot of it is. But, I mean, was there anything that you personally were like, what the fuck? I can't believe Oh, yeah. So yeah. The, the thing that really blows me away and that we know, like, well, one the underlying thing that I found in all of this stuff is we know nothing. what we should know. <laughs> yeah, we, we should really know a lot because we've been, people have been getting pregnant and yeah. having babies for hundreds of thousands, millions yeah, of years. That's and, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but we've never valued female reproductive health. Pretty much every scientist and expert that I talked to said a variation of the same thing, which is compared to what we should know, we know nothing. Wow. And, you know, when I decided to study this, I was totally surprised. There was nothing in the literature. And so that was, you know, it was a huge, I didn't know that going into it, and that informed the perspective of the book. But the thing that blows me away that we probably know the least about is something called microchimerism. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So basically, when you're pregnant, the fetus and the mother exchange cells. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Over the placenta. And so they have found, so women who gave birth to male babies, they've found male DNA in their brains like 70 years later. Whoa. So you in know, the mother's people, brain, yeah, in the mother's wow. brain, and they also find, and most of what we they discovered, like the people thought this was rare when they first found it, and that maybe it was like indicative of disease or something <laughs> bad was going on, right? Because it sounds like sci-fi, yeah. And what they found, I mean, really the biggest thing that they've learned in the last couple of decades is that it's actually very common that most of us probably have cells from our mother, possibly cells from our older siblings possibly cells from our maternal grandmothers in our bodies, that it's actually deprived of other people in small ways. And we don't really know what those cells do. You know, there's studies that they think that maybe fetal cells might encourage breast milk production. They might also help with wound healing, but they can become neurons and, and beating heart muscle. And wow. I think that that's, it's, it's beautiful in many ways. It also, to me, you know, like my interpretation of it too was like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I felt different, huh, yeah. um, like a cellular level and in a way that I couldn't quite pinpoint after I had a kid. And this was like, to me, it just felt like total validation. Yeah. That's actually real. But the, I've heard from women since the book came out. I just got an email this week from a woman that it, it broke my heart and put it back together. <laughs> 
she was like, I had twins and I lost one of those twins late in pregnancy. And she's like, I didn't know anything about microchimerism. And she's like, but it's helped me because it, for people who have lost pregnancies or lost children to know that, that part of that child very likely lives in your body in some way is just incredible. It's such a comfort. Wow. Um, So that really, you know, and if we knew more about microchimerism, we might know more about autoimmune diseases that affect women more. And that's, I spoke to an expert who, who talks about that link. So that's probably to me the most amazing thing that I learned and the thing that I actually felt my mind exploding when I was thinking about it. I know, right? Well, let's talk about, let's, let's wrap up on, because we could spend eight hours talking about the book, uh, or just veering off into various feminist rants about (laughs) pregnancy and women. But let's actually wrap up on something else that you touch on in the book, which is how advice and information has traditionally been passed on uh, when it comes to pregnancy and birth. Like, I mean, like you talk about like, I have all these questions and none of it's in literature, but if you go out into the field and you start talking to people, there's a lot of information, you know, that you have to kind of weed through and decide. Can you talk some about how we, you know, sort of distribute information when it comes to pregnancy and birth for women? Yeah. Well, I mean, we live in this day and age where you can summon up information in a matter of seconds to whichever screen you happen to be looking at, you know? Right. So there's this flood of information. And so I think we've really... Well, for me, I had to break, I can only really speak for myself, but I just accepted, like, this is how we get information, right? We get it from books and we get it from doctors. But, you know, again, as we've been saying, people have been having babies for, for centuries, right? Yeah. And, like, it was definitely, there's a tradition of storytelling and, like, wisdom that's passed down from, from women through midwives and mothers and grandmothers. And, you know, when it comes to your own body, you are an expert. Right. So there's right. the word we're, we're we've kind of been conditioned now to not trust ourselves and to not trust stuff that's been passed down. You know, it's like old wives tales or that sort of thing. We really devalue, you know, that sort of folk medicine. But that's real and it's, it's an experience. So I in the book, I wanted to, to talk to people about their lived experiences and how things felt to them. Right. And yeah. like our own instincts and to make space for that. But also to point out that traditional guidebooks, and this is the problem that I had, I read so many books when I was pregnant, and they all kind of made me feel terrible. We frame all of the information in this way that's like, this is good and this is bad. Don't do this. Do that. You know, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. And it sets women up to really feel like they're doing things poorly. Yes. And that. As I, the more I read, the more I was like, wait a second, this is really a moral framework, which is how we frame a lot of pregnancy and motherhood. Yeah. And what if it's bullshit? Like, what if we just took away good and bad? And what if we just gave people information and trusted that they could make informed decisions that always prioritize, like that, that people want the best for the baby, their babies, and they want the best for themselves. And that's kind of what I wanted to do in the book because I feel like there's not enough of that. It's oh like yeah, if we do that, to trust ourselves. Yeah, the world will explode if we do that. Then what will <laughs> what will people have? You know, time to feel judged or to judge or to feel guilty or to stay up at two o'clock in the morning wrestling with. I know, you know, yeah. like what, and what if we gave power back to people and their children? That would be insane. <laughs> this is right. Like, can yeah. you imagine? Can you imagine that world? Like, if we all just felt confident in the decisions we made and we didn't really care what other people were doing like oh we would just i feel like i could get a lot more done yeah (laughs) i know i'd be a lot less stressed out that's exactly right well i just want to say thank you so much angela for coming on the show and for writing this book it guys it's such a great book and you know uh, how we feel about especially when it comes to science and looking at what we've been told in terms of having children raising children all of that we're we are science nerds so this this touches on that really nicely again the book is called like a mother which is such a great name like a mother a feminist journey through the science of pregnancy and we'll link everybody up to where they can find out more about it and you thank you angela for joining us thank you thank you Teresa. it was great to be on 
Absolutely. Have a good day. Enjoying enjoying time in the office by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Hi, everybody. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Serial! Okay, but like, the second best podcast. Oh, f- just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. You probably know that Max Fun podcasters are funny in the talking way, but did you know they also are funny in the writing way? We are very excited to announce that John Hodgman and Paula Poundstone wrote books that have been named as semi-finalists for the 2018 Thurber Prize for American Humor. John Hodgman, celebrated fake internet court presider, is the host of Judge John Hodgman and was recognized for his book Vacation Land. Paula Poundstone's book is called The Totally Unscientific Study of the Search for Human Happiness, and you can hear her expound on happiness and many other topics on her new podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. The Thurber Prize is one of the highest awards for humor writing in the United States, and we are proud to have both these authors on Maximum Fun every week. Paula Poundstone and John Hodgman, congratulations. We are back. And I'm still thinking about our conversation with mm-hmm. Angela Garbez yeah. and her book, yep. Like a Mother. I it's, It is very empowering. Yeah. I love it. I love it, too. Yeah. Let's I, keep learning. Let's keep learning and asking questions. Yeah. And trusting that it's okay to ask those questions. Totally. And let's keep making our own decisions and feeling confident about those decisions. And that our decisions have nothing to do with other people's decisions. Yes. Yeah. Right on. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of right on, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a rant. 2.30 in the morning, and it's my 30th birthday, which should be really wonderful. And this rant all starts with my wonderful husband, who's been traveling for work a lot, surprising me by coming home in time for my birthday, which is important to me. And um, so that should be a genius on his part. But then our eight-month-old daughter woke up and he tried to go comfort her back to sleep because he was really excited to see her. But of course, when she saw him, she got really excited and just wanted to play. That was at midnight. It's 2.30 in the morning, and she just fell back to sleep, which means I've been awake for the first two and a half hours of my birthday, trying to get my baby back to sleep. After a while of doing the solo parenting thing, and of course, I got out of bed being like, fuck, she's finally asleep, and my husband is snoring on the couch in the living room, and... I just needed to get this off my chest so hopefully I can get some sleep and actually have a decent birthday. Um, You're doing a great job. Bye. Thanks. You are doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. And there's a couple of things that I think you touch on here that I think are important to talk about. Like, one... Birthdays? I think, like, the more birthdays I have as a parent, Mm -hmm. the more it becomes crystallized Mm -hmm. what's happening. Yeah. And I feel like... (laughs) Really nice way describing that. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, because I've gone through the whole, like, I'm not going to be a big deal. To, it's a really big deal. Why am I so disappointed, right? Like, And I think it's because there's something about birthdays 
that magnifies the change to self-identity. Yes. Right? Like yes. it really yes. is one of those big time mirrors yeah. where like it just things that wouldn't bother you bother you more because it makes you feel more like this is this day that's right. supposed to be all about me. Yeah. And and it just is almost never like gels. Yeah, well, I think also a lot of us, like, I know this is true for me in in some way. Like, I feel certain feelings on my birthday that I have no control over that, like, never (laughs) happen on other days of the year that, like, I don't always necessarily like or want or choose, but they're just happening. Happy birthday. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) and that's just so weird. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just, whatever it is, it's there, and that is something that's been there. Yeah. And then now everything is different, but those feelings are still there. Yeah. And there's something that is clashing. Yeah, it clashes. So that's a big thing happening. The other thing, there's also something about everybody else being asleep. Oh, yeah. And you're not being asleep yet. Yeah, there's something weird about that. That feels weird. Yeah. And emotional. Yeah. Especially when you have really young children in the house. Again, it's one of those things that reminds you it is not what it once was. Right. And can feel super elevated in the moment. Oh, yeah. So we've thrown in a little birthday elevation. We've thrown in everybody's sleeping but me elevation. Yeah. This is not going to be a delicious cake. And then the last thing you talk about is... You know, your partner has been traveling and when, if you're in a partnered relationship and that person is traveling a lot and you are the primary in like every aspect suddenly, and then the the other parent comes back home, that sort of can highlight. And like if anything goes off schedule or whatever that is for you, whatever yeah. you set up to survive yeah. and to make this work. Yeah. When something goes off, like... Which it will. Which it will. It it absolutely will. So, like, the sleep is disturbed. I mean, all the things that happen make total sense. Of course he wants to go in and see the baby. Of course you want... Right? But, like, again, that elevates this feeling of something broke. (laughs) Like, you... you, Like, it it pulls up resentment, I think. Yeah. And it pulls up loss of control some like I had all this right so like you're in like a big stew of uh, like having light shined on stuff in a way that that didn't doesn't normally shine yeah and I'm just thinking like nobody like looks forward to their future family life thinking like and my partner will be gone for days (laughs) at a time and when they come home it'll be a weird adjustment period and then we'll all like that's never part of like I wonder what I'm gonna need to think about my birthday when we have a family I'm gonna have to decide at one o'clock in the morning (laughs) should I be really weird and say no don't go in or should I be like really laid back and say like sure go get her even though I know it's gonna ruin everything like <laughs> this falls into that list of things no one tells you to really prepare for yeah. kids in your life yeah but that is absolutely true no one has ever had the conversation I wonder what <laughs> I need to do at one o'clock in the morning when my partner has been traveling yeah and wants to go in and see the baby and it's kind of his turn but, but it's my birthday yeah and I'm gonna have feels and yeah. so yeah oh my God. I'm yeah. That's a lot. It's you have, just so hard. You have every... Yeah. That is... Plus, like, 2.30 in the morning is, like, the worst time. Yeah, like hard to... Any time between, like, 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., yeah. like, our bodies should be asleep at between 1 and 3. Like, any time I'm up during those hours, yeah. it feels like I'm in a very dark place. Like, yeah. before when I before <laughs> yeah. 1 a.m., I can kind of deal with, like, it's really late. It's, like, the middle of the night, kind of. Yeah, I used and, to like, party after, this late. Yeah, and now exactly. I go to sleep. Exactly. And then if it's, like, you know, 4 a.m. or something, it's, like, whoa, it's really early, yeah. you know? But, like, 1 one to three, yeah. that is not, not. Things are not going to feel good at that hour. They are not. No. Hence the hotline. Yes, the hotline. Way to use the hotline good correctly. Job. Yeah. And you are doing an amazing job. Yeah, you really are. You really are. Yeah. And it sounds like everybody in your house is as yes, well. Yes, so totally. Just, but none of that negates yeah. the feelings. Mm-hmm. I am very sorry. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Teresa. Yes. What did we learn today? I have a question. Okay. Did we did we ruin pirates? I hope or we did didn't. we learn that pirates are 
going to be one of those things yeah. that are okay. I think they're fine. <laughs> I hope that that's a, I hope that that's the takeaway. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it brought up a lot of questions. I don't think we thought pirates were going to bring up no. for us when we were saying, ha ha, yeah. let's do pirates. Yeah. But like, uh, eh. yeah. Yeah. Not sure. Whatever. It's whatever. whatever, you guys. It's whatever you want it to be. It's fucking pirates. I don't see any yeah. of us being like, I'm putting my foot down. No more no pirates. No more pirates. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So enjoy your pirate birthday parties. Yep. Enjoy finding booty yeah. everywhere you go. <laughs> yes. And, you know, yeah, make it whatever you want to make it. We also uh, continue to learn that there's just not enough to prepare us for the situations we find ourselves in after children enter our lives. Yeah. Surprise. Yep. That's the surprise that keeps on giving. Yes. And we learned, you know, I, Teresa, you said it really best. We all should start working towards being confident in our choices and decisions and know that that those decisions could change and that's okay yeah. and know that other people's decisions have nothing to do with us and ours have nothing to do with them i agree and i also really like the idea of asking for information yeah. and not asking for opinions sometimes like wow. i feel like it's a good way to we frame are it. very i mean i'm all about consulting professionals yeah. who know what they're doing like i appreciate <laughs> that i have trusted professionals in my life in like all areas of my yeah. life that's great but like there's a separate thing that i sometimes need which is just information yeah. to use to make my own decision So I like being conscious now of, like, the difference between those two things. Like, I think it's important for us to be aware. Like, sometimes we're asking for one and we're getting the other. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's a really good thought. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You really are, guys. It's really a lot. It's so much. It's just layer after layer of lots. And you're all slogging through it like a champ. Yeah, you are. You're doing it. Yes. Good job. Teresa? Yes. You're doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.